You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. When uh, the silver price is leading the gold price out of a correction, that's very bullish. And uh, more importantly, when silver juniors are leading the miners out of a out of a gold correction, that's even more bullish. And that's what we're seeing right now. In today's show, you will be getting an update from the junior miner junkie, David Erfley. His website is juniorminerjunkie.com and junkie is spelled with a Y. You'll also find the link in the show notes. Dave, thanks for joining me and coming back on Mining Stock Education. Anytime, Bill. Always love talking to you. So you are bullish on silver per your last uh, Kitco article. But when I saw that, that you're bullish on silver for 2021, I, have, I of course, am bullish as well. But I was thinking about how the silver to gold ratio has actually been falling to where three weeks ago, it was about 80 to one, but now it's 70 to one. So even with that percentage drop, why are you still remaining bullish on silver? Well, that's, that's a good reason to remain bullish on uh, on silver bill because when the when uh, the silver price is leading the gold price out of a correction that's very bullish and uh more importantly when silver juniors are leading the miners out of a out of a gold correction that's even more bullish and that's what we're seeing right now i mean the silj is trading near 52 week highs right now while the while the gdx and gdxj are nowhere near their 52 week highs and um, the silver silver is now trading as we're speaking uh, above twenty six dollars, which is there's very strong resistance there. So I think if we see a weekly close above twenty six, I think it could run to thirty dollars pretty quickly. And that's what the silver juniors and the and the gold silver ratio is telling me right now. When you look at the silver juniors and they're telegraphing that they expect a higher silver price in your fifteen years of doing this, how often are they wrong? <laughs> Well, historically speaking, never. I mean, you know, um, silver has always led gold in both directions. Um, you know, uh, in 2013, silver led the the the, uh, the gold you know smash, and um, silver always takes off later than gold. Like um, when I first got into this sector in in 2003, gold had already taken off. And silver was still trading around five bucks an ounce. So I started to really get into silver. And um, I bought a lot of physical silver at around $5 an ounce, and I still have it. And um, it, silver did not take off until 2006, where gold took off in 2001. Right? It double bottomed in 2001. But at the tail end of bull markets, they always top out at the same time. You take a look at uh, the very the um, uh, the 70s bull market, um, gold where gold went from uh, 1975, I believe it. Well, I'm not looking at our chart right now. 1975, I believe it was gold went from $100 to $850 by January of 1980. Well, silver from 1978 went from $5 an ounce to $49 an ounce in January of 1980. So. Silver always leads both ways, and silver always has a larger percentage gain in bull markets, in precious metals bull markets. So just to clarify, when you see the money pouring into the silver juniors, like near 100%, that means silver is going higher in your, your observation. Oh, 
Yes, I think that's that's a very good indicator. Yeah, that's that's that is that has not been wrong since I've been in the sector uh, in 2003. And like I said, it's both way it goes both ways. When people start dumping silver and silver juniors start to start to, to start to show relative weakness to everything, that's that's a sign that uh, precious metals as a sector are about to get hit. So within the sector, besides the silver juniors, what other genre of junior mining company is bifurcating in a positive way within the sector? Well, near-term takeover candidates right now, gold, that are basically developer explorers that are at the feasibility stage or in the finance stage or you know, shovel ready, um, that are that have that can that have uh, that have already proved up. Five million ounces, you know, four or five million ounces in a top tier jurisdiction. There's blue sky potential there. Um, you know, they've got plenty of cash. They got access to capital. They're at the feasibility stage. Those are starting to bifurcate. You know, we, I'm starting to see a lot of the companies like that that are that are near term takeover that I I consider near term takeover candidates. They're tr- they're trading at multi year highs right now, while the sector is is still in the process of consolidating. What about the big deposits, the Vista Golds and so forth that have kind of have viewed as out of the money call options on gold? How would you analyze their trading patterns right now? Yeah, the optionality plays. Yeah, I mean, they're starting to get some love. Um, but, um, you know, you got to be really careful with those. Um, you know, the one, the, the optionality plays that have blown share structures and they, they really haven't they really don't have they don't have management teams that treated them as optionality plays during um, during the the the, the, uh, the bear market. You know they were still drilling when they already had a huge deposit, and they were still spending money instead of instead of sitting on their optionality play. They knew that they they understand that it's that 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 uh, the gold price needs to get up to a certain price before their 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 project becomes economic. You know, companies like that, that, that maintained a tight share structure, you know, they, they didn't spend a lot of money. They kept their G&A low. They, they were just waiting for, for the gold price to rise. Those companies, you know, those companies are doing better right now. But the ones that with bloated share structures that, 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 uh, that were spending too much money during the bear market and not, and not uh, acting like they were optionality plays, those are not doing as well. So it's just, you just got to be very careful on the optionality plays that you invested in. And also uh, the, the jurisdiction means a lot also. Any non-precious metals uh, stock or commodity that you're looking at for Q1 that you think might continue to perform well? Oh, yeah. I mean, copper, I think for the time being, has got a bit ahead of, it, bit ahead of itself right here. Uh, I, uh, I think the, a 350 is, is pretty strong resistance and, and it might back off here a little bit, but uh Definitely copper stocks are, are something to look at, but, um, but silver, I'm just more bullish for silver because silver has so much catching up to do with both gold and copper. Wow. Okay. Silver is where you made a lot of money too in 2011, if I recall, right? On First Majestic Silver, you made 30-fold, was it? Uh, I, there were two stocks that I, that, that I did uh, uh, had my biggest gains in, which were Silver Wheaton and First Majestic. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, uh, and right now, the biggest gains in my portfolio are from, from uh, Silver Positions. 
Arcana Silver is on the verge of bringing the world's highest grade silver mine into production. The Revenue Virginius Mine in Colorado has proven and probable silver reserves grading nearly 37 ounces per ton silver, with all-in sustaining production costs of only $8 per ounce of silver. The mine is fully funded and permitted with infrastructure already in place and has announced production will commence in 2021. Achieving successful production should result in a significant upward share price re-rating on the Lassonde curve. Arcana trades under the ticker AU in Toronto in AUNFF in New York. To learn more, go to arcana.com. That's A-U-R-C-A-N-A.com. When you're this bullish on silver, let's take a, a silver junior, but you're not so hot on the management team. It's not a top-tier management team, but the project is def decent enough because it's in a silver bull market and all boats rise when the tide comes in. Would you be willing to take a stab at it? Before I started my uh, subscription service, yes. But uh, now that um, I pre I'm, I'm preaching buy and hold juniors right now with top tier management teams with quality projects in, in the best jurisdiction, I, I'm 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 not going to mess with anything that I don't believe ticks all those boxes. Because um, as you know, um, I do an extensive. Uh, extensively researched report on the company before I buy it and I issue it to my subscribers before I buy it the, the, the evening before I, I, I'm planning on purchasing it I'm planning on accumulating a position so um, it's it's very difficult for me to to say that a company has a top tier management but it doesn't I'm not gonna lie about that so um, although I believe like you said that a lot of these silver because there's, there's really not that many silver juniors um, a lot of these silver juniors that just have silver in the name will probably do quite well. Um, even though, uh, I believe, I believe they're lifestyle companies, you know, they're, they don't have projects that are very viable. They're, they're still probably going to do very well. Um, but, um, I feel personally more comfortable holding a stock, especially now that, um, my portfolio is completely transparent to my, you know, over 400 subscribers that uh, you know, uh, I don't feel comfortable getting into a stock unless it's, unless it's a, a quality all the way down the line. Dave, uh, back in March, we experienced a bear trap for the ages in this sector and you went to all cash and then you jumped back in later. You're totally positive for the year in terms of you made a lot more money than you've invested. So that's a great thing. But um, perhaps there's something there that you learned that you could share us. What was your biggest learning lesson of this past year? Oh yeah. It's a huge lesson for everybody, I'm sure, not just me. <laughs> but um, I mean, the, the, what happened in March was unprecedented. There was nothing in history to compare it to. So um, you know, going to all cash at the time felt like a like 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 the best option for me. Um, my portfolio had gotten down to where um, it was basically down to uh, my investment value. You know, I'd made money earlier in the year. I'd taken some profit, but my investment value was there. So I felt more comfortable going to cash to, to wait and see what would happen. Um, and I did jump in pretty early, jump back in pretty early to a lot of companies. And I'm, I've done really, really well since then. And so have a lot of my subscribers. So I, I'm still, you know, comfortable with, with, with the decision. But, uh, you know, in hindsight, absolutely, it was a huge lesson that you can't base everything on history. You know, I mean, history is a big part of it, like what happened 
here in, in history before could happen again. We know history doesn't always repeat, but it but it all but it usually rhymes. But um, like I said, there was nothing to compare this to in history. So um, I still feel comfortable with the situation, and um, my my subscribers also they they uh, backed me completely. They were feeling the same. They were feeling the same way. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a huge lesson for all of us, and uh, we definitely need to uh, keep it in the forefront of our minds when. You know, when things are, are going really well, it's, it's probably a good idea to take an even, even a little more money off the table in this environment. And I've done that. Thanks for that, Dave. And with uh, the Biden administration and the prospects of a Biden administration, does that affect your approach to mining investing in the U.S. and investing at, in general as a U.S. citizen? Um. As far as you, so I, I imagine, I, I expect you're referencing permitting. In certain Correct. For states. example, when Trump won, we saw the Pebble Project. You know that share price got inflated because oh, Trump's going to be more lax in, in, right. in the permit. Now, right. with the Democrats' philosophy and um, you know the environmental movement and such, could that have a negative impact on our mining investments? I think in in uh, states outside of Nevada and even outside of Idaho now, because before um, Trump. Uh, the, the Trump administration took over. Idaho was kind of off off the list. Now Idaho is back on the list in a big way. But um, as, but if you, but if you're considering inter, uh, investing in something that might have some environmental issues, you might want to think twice. Um, you want to make sure that if it's a brownfields project, there is no environmental issues, and. Um, as far as the state you're considering getting into, look at the state's history as far as permitting is concerned. Like California is a state that I, that you know I live in, but I wouldn't invest in because the permitting here is 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 very is very difficult. So um, you might want to definitely do a lot more research on permitting issues now that, that now that the Biden administration is. So if there's any leg, public. just to clarify, if there's in the U.S a mining project with any legacy EPA issues you would avoid at this point? Uh, yes, it all, but, but it depends on which state it's in. You know, I mean, like I said, if it's, if it's in, if it's in Nevada or if it's in, I've, I've, I own stock in a company that that's had issues in the past um, with EP has had EPA issues in the past, but those EPA issues have been solved. So, and a, and, a, and a very strong management te team has taken over, a proven strong management team has taken over. So I feel, feel confident with that company. And they are in Idaho and they are in an area in Idaho that is very mining friendly. So uh, like I said, it, you know, it depends. It, it depends on what state you're going to go in. Dave, based on our conversation, other than buy quality silver juniors for uh, 2021, what further advice would you like to leave with the speculators listening to us? Oh, just what we touched on a little earlier, you know, I mean, it's, it's never a bad idea to take profit. You know, I mean, I, I think, I think of that scene in one of my favorite movies, Glengarry Glenn Ross, where, where, um, uh, uh, Alec Baldwin is saying, always be closing, right? If you're a salesman, always be closing. Well, if you're a speculator, always have in the back of, back of your mind, always be taking profits at some point, you know? You know, keep your core positions during a bull market, 
obviously, absolutely, because we are now in a buy and hold bull market in the junior space for the first time in eight years. So never sell your core positions, but they, they get too large. You know, you need to trim those position and, uh, positions and, and take some profit off the table. And when you trim those positions, do you factor as a U.S. citizen long-term capital gains versus short-term where you're taxed at a lower rate if you hold it more than 12 months? Does Absolutely. that factor into your yes, decision? Yes, I do. But it it is. It does. But it's, it is not my ultimate decision. You don't want it to be your, you know, you don't want it to be your main decision. Uh, but it is factored in. Like, fortunately for me this year, all my capital gains are long-term. Meaning, so I'm only paying 15%, well, right now. You know, I mean, now that Biden has gotten in, you know, I mean, his he ran on the platform of raising capital gains taxes to thirty nine point two percent across the board. So um, so but for right now, it's still 15 percent long term capital gains. So fortunately for me, like I said, this year, all my long term, all my capital gains, I realize capital gains are are long term. But, um, you know, I mean, if 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 next year. Um, because a lot of these things have run up a lot since I bought them. And, um, you know, if, 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 if a position gets too large in my portfolio, one of my big rules is if it gets larger than 10% of my entire portfolio, I'm going to trim it, whether it's, you know, short-term capital gain or a long-term capital gain, because the, the positions got too large. And, you know, these juniors, anything could happen at any time. They're, they're very high risk. So, um, you always keep that in mind. Excellent advice. Uh, David's website again is juniorminerjunkie.com. David, always appreciate your monthly check-in on the show. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks a lot, Bill. Always, always great to talk to you. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment.
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.